0: amen thank you Roy thank you Eileen now I can't sing but I'm going to try to share a, a message that kind of fits the same same song that Roy shared uh, so that seems like it fit to me um, I'm Gary Johnson and uh, as you can tell I'm not your pastor uh, he's in Cuba on a mission trip so I hope uh, I, he's gonna be gone a week I guess something like that so uh, I don't know if it's good or bad, but he asked me to come back, so you're stuck with me for another week. Uh, I asked uh, Charles, what, you know, what do you want me to preach on? He said, well, whatever the Lord leads you, which sounds good, but, man, I didn't know. And so, you know, but it's Father's Day, so I'm going to try to bring a message concerning Father's Day, hopefully. Get a PowerPoint up here. And, uh, you know, I've been in the ministry a long time. But I don't think I've ever preached just a straight Father's Day message. Usually on Father's Day, I just kind of, whatever series I was in, I would just hit it and not really stop uh, and do something on Father's Day. So as I began to put a Father's Day message together, uh, all right, let's see if we can get this to work here. All right, as we get to put the Father's Day message together, it, it, it uh, hit me kind of like, you know, the it, it became real personal. And uh, so anyway, this message is more rambling me rambling about being a dad, but uh, hopefully there's a message in there. And if you hear me brag, it is, believe me, it's not bragging on me, it's bragging on the Lord what he's done in me, and uh, I hope you don't think that I'm trying to, to brag on me. But Proverbs 17, verse 6 has become my uh, grandpa verse as I've gotten some grandkids, uh, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. And if you think about that, I'll bring it back up a little bit later. But children's children, you know, those grandchildren are the crown of old men, but the glory of the children, your children, are their fathers. So I know we have a lot of fathers in here. Not everybody's a father, but uh, I'm going to try to speak and encourage the dads. And many of us, are maybe a little bit my age or older or somewhere in there, and we begin looking back. You know, when you're young, you look forward a lot, but, but sometimes we hit an age when we start looking back and reflecting on on our life. And so I was thinking about, you know, dads or grandpas. It's kind of like baseball cards. When I was young, I, I collected baseball cards. Wish I still had them. They may be worth something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, on the back of your baseball card, uh, you, you'd have all the statistics. And so, you know, you think of uh, – a dad or a grandpa and the statistics I started looking at me and, uh, and I started putting you know how many you know I'm 61 been married 35 years three kids grandkids all that kind of stuff where I've served uh, and uh, so I, I was looking for a good action picture that I had of me but didn't have one so and here's I'm serving some kids in Nicaragua on a mission trip so as close as I could get but I came to Psalm 127 Psalm 127 uh, the entire psalm, uh, verses 1 through 5, says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes in vain. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Chil- children, are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with the enemies in the gate. Except the Lord build the house. The Lord's got to be in it, uh, or it's just in vain. And after 35 years of marriage and so forth, I would say that's that's uh, very important, Um you know, one thing God has blessed me is been able to sleep. Man, I can sleep. Uh, my wife has fibromyalgia, if you know anything about that. She has trouble sleeping. Uh, I don't have any trouble. When she says, I'm, I'm going to go to bed, that, gives, that, that tells me she's got 30 minutes. You know, she, I don't know what she does but she's or what she does or where she goes, but she eventually comes to bed. If I say I'm going to bed, I, I just go to sleep. I don't, you know, I don't, Then she can't sleep because I'm snoring. But, but God gives, has blessed me with a great ability to sleep no matter what is going on. I, I've been fortunate not to, to worry too much through the years over a lot of stuff, but God certainly has blessed our lives. There is a blessing of being a dad and watching your kids as they grow up and uh, begin to do things. Uh, we're fortunate that all three of our adult children are in full-time ministry. My son is uh, uh, the worship minister, uh, music minister at Wayside Baptist Church in Miami. Uh, I've got a son-in-law that I'm going to join a little bit later in their family for lunch. He's in Homestead. And then we have one in, near Gainesville, that area. Uh, and it's really neat. You know, I, I, was in, I was in church last week, and somebody kind of elbowed me. They said, my, my son was leading the music. He goes, aren't you proud of your son? I go, well, yeah. But I was proud of him 10 years ago. I mean, not just because he's the leading worship. I mean, I personally didn't care what my kids would do. I wanted them to walk with the Lord and whatever that would lead them. They all ended up ministry. You know, I said, that's the good news. The bad news is, man, they're as broke as I am. Man, I didn't get a doctor or a lawyer or somebody that was going to make some money. Man, that, you know, it's really bad when I make more money than they do, you know. Anyway, but but we are blessed in our family. Uh, all right, I say we're blessed because where I came from uh, was a very dysfunctional family. Uh, maybe that's becoming the norm now, I don't know, but, uh, you know, my dad died when I was young, and, uh, and my mom, she liked to play around, she eventually uh, ended up getting married, but she she was not a very good mom. I have a hard time preaching on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, I think of my wife, I can't think of my mom. Uh, if you've heard my story, you know, my mom got saved, my mom and my stepdad got saved, they were in their 50s, but uh, I was the first person in my family to come to know the Lord, and certainly he made a big difference. Uh, but as my kids got bigger, as, as my daughters got married, uh, they, never, I, I never, they never saw me abuse them or, or treat them bad or treat my wife bad, uh, they never saw me drink alcohol, they didn't know me back in the before Christ days, uh, they know I'm not perfect. Uh, But, you know, for some of you dads, one of the hardest things to do is when your daughter gets married and you hand them over to some kid, you know. Now, we were fortunate that as I handed both of our daughters to our son-in-laws, that they were in the ministry. And so I got to see their resume. (laughs) I got to check them out pretty good. Uh, But it was important when when our daughters got married, that they made the purity ring or the purity symbol uh, that was important to them because when they got married, I'm assuming they said they were virgins, uh, but when they got married, they wanted their friends to know that they were pure and they were marrying someone uh, that would take them as, as, as the pure bride. Sorry, I, I get emotional. That was important to them. That was important to me. You know, it's rare. It is rare. Because, you know, and they wanted their friends to know, uh, know about that. And I say that because of where I came from. My mom, I used to blame everything on my mom. My mom was a terrible mom. She was. But then I, I was probably in my 30s before I realized why she was so bad. When she was born in 1926, She was born to her mom who was raped. Her mom didn't want her. And so as a baby, she was handed to this family and to that family. And she grew up never attaching herself to anybody. She didn't know how to be a mom. She didn't know how to be a wife. And so I used to blame all of our problems on my mom. But as I got older and she got saved and we all our our whole family got saved, then I began to understand and, and really began to appreciate all that she had done and where she what she had accomplished. So I say that to say my two sisters and I never had a good relationship with our mother, but all three of us never had an, an, uh, a divorce, been married for many years, and their kids and now their grandkids like us have all come to know the Lord. God has a way of working things out that we certainly cannot see or understand. Which brings me to another psalm, Psalm 128. Uh, Psalm 127, Psalm 128 here. Blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. And I really believe that's a key for all of us in our lives, is to have a fear of the Lord. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Verse 2 You will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings and prosperity will be yours. You know, somewhere in our lives, we begin to reap the fruit of our labors. We begin to reap all those seeds that we've been sowing. If you've been sowing bad seeds, it eventually catches up with you. We have been fortunate, I have been fortunate, that God saved me as a young man and, uh, I've been able to reap the fruit of those good seeds and in in that labor. Verse 3, your wife will be, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your home. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. So God has certainly blessed me, and the reason I say that is that if He can bless me, He can bless anyone. And I really would just encourage all of us to have a fear of the Lord. I have a fear of the Lord, but I also have a fear of my wife. We've been married for 35 years and I'm still on probation. She, she you know, it's it's never been easy, but we have been blessed. We have here's pictures of grandkids, and there's a picture of when I was in Cuba. I, threw, I I was looking for pictures, and I got all these. I've, I've been on a lot of mission trips, but uh, anyway, yeah, I'm still afraid of my wife, uh, and I think that's a healthy fear. So, you guys, if you're not afraid of your wife, that, there may be something wrong with that. Hey, do I get an amen on that, or we're afraid to say amen? Uh, but today, I noticed that we have you know uh, smaller families in big homes. You know, we, we used to, when I grew up, maybe we had a little house. In fact, uh, it, to, to, to tell you how weird my family was, I slept in my, as a little kid, I slept in my mom and dad's bedroom for 12 years. That's weird. Uh, but we had small houses, you know, now we have big houses, you you can't find each other, you everybody's got their little corner. Uh, but the pressure of the world is money. It, it, I mean, I don't know how you get around it. it, it you know, we got to have money to live, but the pressure is very strong. And, uh, you know, and kids will lay a guilt trip on you as parents. Oh, you know, we're not going to be able to do this. We can't do that. Suffering, suffering is, is, to me, healthy. It's part of life. You've got to learn how to suffer. Uh, you know, the earlier you learn that, the better. Some, some people, it, it's a lot longer in life. And uh, You know, if, if you've known any real rich kids that are spoiled brats, I don't know if you know any of those, but uh, my kids went to school with a lot of them. And, uh, you know, they, we could never keep up. We can never keep up with all those things. You know, I mean, in Miami, it's not unusual for a family to say, well, we went to Paris for the weekend. In fact, I just heard that this weekend. I'm thinking, you went to Paris for the weekend? That's a lifetime trip for me. And, uh, you know, but uh, anyway, you, you, and so learning how to suffer is good. My kids learned how to suffer, they lived with me. They learned how to suffer in life, and it helps them become a good adult. Amen? You know, just, you know, how many families just rip, whip out a credit card or whatever and you know you know the credit cards do not help you in the long run. they may help you this week, but next week you got to pay the bill uh, So going back to the, the, my verse and here's a picture of all, all of our families the grandkids and all children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their fathers and certainly I am blessed. And I know if I can be blessed, anybody can be blessed. All right. Uh, which, which makes me ask, what, do you, what are we trying to accomplish in our life anyway? What At the end of your life, what do you want to accomplish? Uh, that question is answered in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, to me, I call it the midlife crisis book of the Bible. And, uh, you know, because it, you know, it's, it's like a roller coaster. If you read Ecclesiastes, you're up, you're down. And so uh, I think it hit me when I was in about that age that this is a midlife crisis book. But at the end of Ecclesiastes, we read, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. It's really not that complicated. Fear God, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it be good or bad. Fear God. That's what our world is missing. You know, our society, we say we believe in God, we say we believe a lot of things, but there's very little fear of the Lord. You know, we fear the government or we fear something, but the fear of the Lord is what we really need in our lives as men as women as children we need have a healthy fear of the lord uh but our great my greatest accomplishments would be my grandkids i guess so you know we got six grandkids and you can't see it but these are pictures of me on mission trips i started thinking about all the different mission trips Uh, i've had the privilege to literally go around the world on different mission trips and i'm still broke i didn't have any money before god provided and i still don't have any money uh, God will provide for what he calls you to do but he knows you he knows me he created us I know you know when it, especially raising kids they try to compare themselves to everybody else Have you notice that kids do that Hope, hopefully you've grown out of that someplace along the line uh, because uh, you know there's always somebody better looking there's always somebody with a little more money with a little more image with a little more value at least we think uh, but the thing is, God created you. He created me. He created us. When our kids were teenagers, uh, you know, they would bone to groat about what everybody else was doing and what they were not doing. I said, you know what? Or, or what they look like. I said, you know what? You haven't peaked yet. You know, you, you know, they've had all their those good old days are behind them as they get become adults. They had you. you you know, you're worried. You're 16 or 17. You haven't done this or that. I you haven't peaked yet. It, it, you know, just give it time, because it, it does take time. We want everything right now. Uh, God knows us. He made us. Now we have a lot of idiosyncrasies. At least I do. I'm sure you do too. You know, we have you know things we like, things we don't like, uh, things you know that that are interest. When you're born. You notice this little babies; they come into the world with a personality. You notice that? You know, it just it's funny. I mean, uh, it's just, just I, I watch things now. You know, just how how little babies get started. And uh, I remember one family; they had all these real nice, cute little girls that would be sitting. and play, and they had a baby boy, and he was like this the whole time. You know, and I said, "Wow, Steve, you you you've got a energetic, excited." outgoing son he's going to mess up your whole family and sure enough you know he he was just like that he came into the world like that uh you know I was into sports when I was young man if there was a ball you know I wasn't that good but I thought I was and so you know I always wanted to play sports all three of my kids no interest in sports I mean you know let's go and play ball now finally I got to go to the football games because my son was in the band I went and sat next to the band. Oh man, that was. <laughs> I couldn't get any. You know, I said, "Garrett, yeah, Garrett is bigger than me. He's wider than me." I said, "Man, he looks like a football player." They kept asking him to come out for the football team. I go, "Why don't you try to play football?" His answer was, "Well, Dad, I don't want to hurt my fingers, and I can't play the guitar." Thought, As a non-music person, uh, I don't know. I didn't understand that, but anyway, they, he was right on target. So I, I, you, some people try to force their kids to become something that they were or be better, but you've got you've got to allow them to be who who God created them to be. And I don't know where my son got all of his abilities in music. He can he can play any instrument. He can write music. In fact, he wrote music and played it for all these girlfriends that broke his heart. He finally got married last year. But but you've you've got to allow your kids to be who God created them to be. You can't live your life through them. Uh, I've seen many people try it. I remember one lady friend of ours, and uh, she was you know always putting her kids her daughter she had two daughters always putting putting them in in these uh, talent shows or in you know these beauty contests. And all I could think of is I haven't seen her be that pretty when you know the mother. You know I just. That was a long time ago. Anyway, moving right along, God created you to be you. He created your kids to do something different, whatever that is. Whoops. Uh, all right, so that brings me to Psalm 139. You know, I threw a lot of psalms in here. 139, if you've been around church a long time, you know, you know this, ver- this, this chapter. Psalm 139 we use for the sanctity of human life. That God has a plan, and we think of that with babies, that he has a plan for each one of us. So think about it now as we look back and evaluate our life. This passage says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's take a look at our lives and evaluate it. You know, that that psalm is great for babies, but that psalm is great for our entire life, whatever stage we're in. You're like me. I I see, you know, many of us are are near my age or somewhere around there. You, You begin to see that God worked in every stage of life, and he has a plan for it. I don't know what his plan is for me in the future. I mean, I've got some plans. They may not be his plans, I'm always afraid to say I'm going to do this or, you know, the Lord willing, I'm going to do this or that. But God's got a plan for each one of us in whatever stage of life we're in. Uh, I got another slide up here that comes up. The next one. Maybe you guys give me a little help. Push. (laughs) It's not going. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, That God has a plan to whatever stage that we're in. And, uh, in fact, I, I saw these as I was looking for, you know, pictures to put up here. Uh, I like the one on the top right. It, it's the pre-man, the man, and then the post-man, you know. Or the one on the bottom right, you know, when you can tell how old a person is by where their belt line is. You know, the they're young, it's below their rear end, and they get older, it's up by their armpits. But God has a plan for every one of us. You know, even back when I was young playing sports, there was a plan. Uh, Now I play video games. But there's still a plan. God has a plan for you where you are right now. And it doesn't matter if we're retired or if we're just tired. He's still got a plan. He wants to use you. He wants to use your abilities. He wants to use your interests. He wants to use your taste, your likes, your dislikes. He's got a plan to use every bit of that throughout all of your life. That's Psalm 139. Going back to that, uh, we read, You have searched me, Lord, and know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You God has a plan. Now, I didn't understand that plan as a a young man. I I didn't go to church. I wasn't saved. But God had a protective way of of watching over me because God knows. He can can look down those those years of life. Who would have known that, that my mom, as a girl, an unwanted girl, would end up getting saved in her 50s having a son that would be a preacher, having and, and my brother-in-law is a preacher as well, and, and having grandchildren that are serving the Lord. Who would see that? There's no way you could figure that out. But God is at work whether we see it and understand it or not. So my challenge to men, especially to dads, is to fear the Lord, to trust Him. Psalm 139 continues to say, For you have created my inmost being, And he's got a plan, and usually is not our plan, but he's got a plan to use you and me. Uh, ten years ago, both of our daughters got married six weeks apart. Uh, so here's a picture of, of uh, one of, of our oldest daughter's wedding. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I've never said this publicly, so I'll probably get in trouble, uh, but I've, I've, I've watched that kids will pick up the attitudes of their dads more than their moms. Now, that can be good or bad. Uh, But I've seen a lot of guys hold their families together with a good attitude. Moms try. Moms try. And moms have a lot of hurdles to get over. But if a dad, no matter the hurdles, if he has a good attitude, the kids pick it up. Sometimes they do with their moms, sometimes they don't. Uh, But I know one thing, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Right? I mean, that's that's true. I mean, you know, and and what I've tried to teach our kids is that I love my wife. And I've tried to treat her well, and I've tried to be uh, super good to them. So, to me, that was good. I don't know if my son-in-law is like the idea or not, because now they have to work twice as hard. But uh, that's one picture. i got my, my last picture here. Uh, On the right is last year when my son got married. and We had multiplied to to six grandkids. And uh, the picture on the left is when I was in Ecuador a mission trip. Anyway, uh, so I have enjoyed being a dad. I've enjoyed and loved being a grandpa. Uh, I've enjoyed being the patriarch of my family. When I mean patriarch, of my extended family. My sisters got saved. Their husbands got saved. There, there are today over 50 people in our extended family uh that are born again uh i'm not the oldest but i'm the oldest born again person and uh and i take that i take that you know i take that as a responsibility because we all have responsibilities you know i i pray for everyone in my extended family nephews nieces I have a prayer list, and I pray for every one of them because I feel like that's a responsibility. You know, I didn't lead them to the Lord, but I just feel a responsibility. Now, I want to challenge the men, the dads, the grandpas, the great-grandpas that are here. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to be a role model because people are looking to you. Your family members are looking to you. They want to see, is that faith real? They want to see, do you really fear the Lord? They want to see if you really are the person that you claim to be. And uh, hopefully, you know, I I want to finish well. You know, I've had had a good run. God has blessed my life as, as I've tried to share it. It's not about me. It's about what he's done in me and through me. It's always about him. But I want to finish well. I'm 61 um, I don't know how much time I have left, and say, well, you're you're young. Well, I've never been this old before. You know, I don't know if I've got a year or two or 10 or 20 or 30, uh, but I want to finish well. You know, I mean, uh, I noticed one thing. At, at, at this age and stage of life, temptation is very different than it was when I was in my 30s. You know, it's, it's just very different. And Satan knows how to trick us. Satan knows how to catch us and I just want to finish well I mean God is God has protected me and blessed me and I trust that he will whatever time I have left Uh, but you know what if at this age and stage we fall it messes up a lot more people than when we were young in the 30s if I you know would have done something and stumbled and fell I mean, I don't know, maybe you expect that somebody young or whatever. But now, now I'm a director of missions with almost 400 churches in Miami, 75,000 followers, my kids, my grand, you know, I'm scared to death. I don't want to mess it up. Because it really does affect many people, all of us in here. Have an influence on people. Trust the Lord. Fear Him. Because all those things that we have, we can lose. We can lose so fast. We can trip and fall on the sidewalk. Last Saturday, one of our pastors was hanging Vacation Bible School stuff up. And he fell off the ladder and hit his head he wasn't even that far up it wasn't as high as this it was just one flat room in a a storefront he fell and hit his head and uh, I ended up going to the hospital that day to to check on him I don't think he'll ever be the same he's 55 years old they had to cut his skull off somehow or another they were able to remove that and, uh, and and hopefully be able to replace that that's how fast your life can change That's how fast my life can change. So may we finish well. May we trust the Lord and fear him because he really does have a plan for each and every one of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your plans. For your plans are not our plans. Lord, I never imagined that you would save me, not alone use me. Never would have figured it out that you would have me live in Miami never would have figured things out that you would have me work with so many different cultures and languages of people but God I thank you for what you've done in me and Lord I I pray please help me to be faithful to the very end Lord I, I thank you God for this church I thank you that it's a solid church with good Bible teaching a good pastor Lord, I pray that we'll stay on the right track. So many people, so many churches get off track. I, I don't know how. I don't know why. Uh, it, it, from a distance, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. But up close, I see people, and, and we get off track. It's easy. We, we, we miss this. We miss that. And the next thing you know, we're, we're going down a different road. Lord, help us to be faithful to you to the end. And Lord, bless our dads here today. For your honor and glory, in Jesus' name, amen.